Hello, Open Arms. So great that you are here with us today. And uh, it was really exciting this past Sunday as we got to reopen our church in Kildare. And I tell you something, the church is alive. It was so exciting to be together, worshiping together again. And we can't wait to open in Dublin next Sunday in Clayton Hotel, where we launched on in 2018 of March. We're going back there again to regather as the church. And we're going to have three services, 10 a.m., 11.15, and 12.30. So I encourage you to book your seat online. Go to openarms.ie right now. You'll see it on the homepage. And we'd love to see you in person, either in Kildare or also in Dublin. And we're going to continue on with our online location from now until forevermore, until the internet closes down or something drastic happens. But today I want to speak to you from Mark chapter 2. If you want to grab your Bibles, take it up on your phones, whatever you have. Mark chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. And this story is known as, as Jesus forgiving and healing a paralyzed man. When we read in verse 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. He preached the gospel, the word of God to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Notice he could see into and hear what they were thinking, not in their heads, but thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, he took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this before. Today I want to speak to you on the power of his presence. The power of his presence. Let's pray together as we dive deeper into his word. And Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you, like just like the paralyzed man came into your presence and experienced your wonder-working power working in his life. Lord, I pray that for each of us, whether we're at home, in our car, whether we're listening to this at a later date, Lord, I pray that we would experience your power, your wonder-working, miracle-working power in our lives, but most importantly, in our hearts, that you would change us from now until forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, when we look at this chapter in the context of the book of Mark, the book of Mark was known as the book of action. 
And we read as Mark, it, it opens up in chapter 1 at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And throughout each chapter, it swiftly goes through each story and each moment that's happening in Jesus' ministry. And it uses phrases and words like, and then, next, suddenly. It's like it's swiftly working through Jesus' ministry. Also in the book of Mark is an overarching theme that is known as the messianic secret. It is the secret that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised Savior, the Christ, the Savior of all mankind. And so we, the reader, we know the secret that Jesus is the Messiah, but those in whom he is ministering to, even his disciples, do not know who he truly is. It's like reading a good thriller where we know the secret, we know the truth, and we're discovering throughout the book where we're seeing the characters begin to piece together all the different elements of the truth to put together the whole truth. And here we see throughout Jesus' ministry, particularly this theme running through the book of Mark, it's incredible, about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each a different perspective with different themes, looking at different aspects of Jesus' ministry. We see here that Jesus was withholding the truth that he was, in fact, the Christ. But what he did is he used the miracles of healing to be able to show the power of God. It was through the miracles of healing that he was able to express the power of God working through him. Now in the story that precedes the story of the paralyzed man in chapter 1 is the story of Jesus healing a leper. Now a leper was one who suffered from the disease of leprosy and a leper would have been an outcast, cast out from the community and the society in which they were living in, would have had to live outside of the town. And again, another theme that works through Mark and the other Gospels is that Jesus came to reach the outcast. Jesus came to reach the marginalized, the reject, those who were looked down upon. He came to reach those whose identity had been defined by their physical condition. He came to be able to not only heal their bodies, but heal their hearts and minds. And so when he heals the leper, he, he tells the leper as in this personal encounter, he says, I want you to keep this secret. I want you to go home. Do not tell anyone. But instead, the leper goes and he tells everyone. And we see that this news and this word, it sweeps right across the land and right across the community. And from this moment, the crowds began yeah, coming to Jesus, he could, got no, he could not go anywhere without crowds following him. We see here Jesus, he carried with them an attraction, an attractive atmosphere. People were drawn to Jesus even though they didn't fully understand who he was. But they knew there was something different about him. They knew that there was a spirit about him that they couldn't quite grasp but they knew he was someone different. And so one day we see that Jesus is teaching in this packed house, this worship service where he's teaching the word of God and four men all of a sudden rip the roof off and begin lowering this, this man on a mat down in front of him. In verse five, it says that he sees their faith. He sees their faith. He sees not just the active faith, but he sees their heart of faith, not just the four men who was able to lower him down, but he saw the heart of faith of the paralyzed man. And his first response is, son, your sins 
are forgiven. Now the purpose of the men was to simply get the paralyzed man into the presence of Jesus. They knew from the word in which they heard that when you get in the presence of Jesus, you are healed, you are changed, you are transformed. They didn't quite understand who Jesus was. They didn't quite know that he was the one true God, the Messiah. But they knew in their hearts that when, if we can just get our friend in front of Jesus, he will be changed. And Jesus, he sees this as an opportunity. He sees this as an opportunity not to just teach the word of God, but to be able to show them the word of God working. He, he was able to use this as an opportunity to show others that he has not just got the power to heal bodies, but he has the power to heal souls. He, he's not just got the power to heal our broken life. He's got the power to heal our broken hearts. He's got the power to transform us from the inside out. The men, they had brought their friend because of his physical condition. And they had brought him thinking that if he could just walk again, well, then that would be the miracle. But they didn't know that Jesus wasn't just interested in his physical condition. Jesus was interested in his spiritual condition. He didn't just want him to walk again. He wanted him to be living as a new creation, as a new man who was changed and transformed through the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. You see, they had expected to receive a healing physically, but instead he received a healing spiritually. They had expected that he would be, receive a, a whole body from a broken body, but now he received a whole and healthy soul. And the miracle was not in the, the change of his physical condition. The miracle was in the change of his spiritual condition. You see, the paralyzed man had come to be in the presence of Jesus, but he left being filled with the presence of Jesus. And if the one thing that, in during my study this week, that seeing what was the importance of this, and why Jesus took this moment, the, the first moment through the book of Mark, that he, he declared that he, in fact, is the Son of Man to forgive all sins. Why did he choose this moment? We see the paralyzed man, if he had left that moment, having just regained the functioning of his limbs, he would have still as left as paralyzed as he had entered. He would have still, like every man before him and every man after him, at one point his limbs would have given up, his body would have withered and decayed, and his soul would be dead. And Jesus used this moment to show those that even this paralyzed man who was a great need physically, Jesus could see he had an even greater need spiritually. And the greatest tragedy in this story is in verse 12. We see that the people are praising God because of the physical healing, but they missed the truth that Jesus was trying to convey to them that the power was not in his physical healing, but the power was in his spiritual healing. The miracle was not in his broken body being put back together, but in his broken soul being made whole. The, he wanted them to know the truth that Jesus holds the power of the forgiveness of our sins, that we can, when we come into the presence of Jesus, we're not just changed on the outside, but more importantly, we're changed on the inside. You know, many of us, 
may have been able to say that we've come in to the presence of Jesus and encountered Jesus, maybe even received Jesus as, as Christ, our Lord, our Savior. Maybe we've experienced changed behaviors, changed habits, changed mindsets, or even, even changed thinking. But have you allowed Jesus to change your heart? Have you allowed Jesus to change you from the inside out? You see, Jesus is not interested in the condition of our body, what's on the outside. Jesus is interested in the condition of our heart, what is in the inside. And here's the truth that I want to communicate to you today. This is the one thing that I want you to hear and know and understand is this. We receive the power of transformational change, not just being in the presence of Jesus, but by being filled with the presence of Jesus. It's not just when we enter into his presence that we are changed, but when his presence enters us, when we are filled with him, when we are filled with Jesus, not just in our heads, having head knowledge of Jesus, but when we know him in our heart, when we are changed from the inside out, it's only then that we will experience transformational change through the power of Jesus. In verse 8, we see, we see a change in the direction of this story where the focus was on the paralyzed man and the faith of the four men. But now we see in verse 8 that, that Jesus knew in his spirit what the religious leaders were thinking. And he says in their hearts. Just as he was able to see faith in the hearts of the men who had lowered this man down, he then saw doubt and questioning in the hearts of the religious leaders. And the reason when you look at it behind their questioning, was because this was controversial. This was one of the craziest things that had happened in that day and in this time. Not just because Jesus, a man, a rabbi that was before them, was saying that, that this son in which you call him has, has now got the forgiveness of his sins, but because of who he was saying it to. You see, the belief of the time was that your sickness was caused by your sin. The belief at the time was that the sickness of your body was a direct correlation and a cause from the sickness of your heart. And that you were only forgiven when you were clean and pure on the outside. And that when you were clean and pure on the outside, then you could come before God and offer up a sacrifice to Him and receive forgiveness of your sins. That it was through the law that you would be saved. And Jesus came to turn everything upside down, to, to be able to forge a new kingdom where you are not saved through the law, but you are saved through grace. And see, at this time, the religious leaders, they judged others from the condition of their body. They saw your physical condition was exactly what was happening on the inside. They judged others that whether you were sick, that was because of your sin. They judged others that was, what was happening on the outside was because of the sin in your heart. Now this really let them off the hook, the religious leaders and the church at that time, to be able to disregard the sick 
to be able to place them aside and say, you need to be clean. We, we, we're not going to deal with you for you need to be clean in order for you to receive ministry of the church and ministry of the religion. And Jesus said this. He said, I've not come for the sick. I've not come for the healthy, but for the sick. I've come for the outcast, for the reject. I've come for the marginalized, the downtrodden. I come for those who have been judged and defined by their physical condition that they will be changed from now until forevermore. In fact, in John chapter 9, verse 3, he warned his disciples of this, not to assume that, that behind personal sickness lay personal sin. He says, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the word of God might be displayed in him. With the paralyzed man, he didn't see a broken body. He saw a heart that was open to be changed. He, he didn't see a man who was defined by his physical condition. He saw a man that was willing to be changed from the inside out. It wasn't interesting that the title in which we give this man is not his name, but a paralyzed man. His identity was defined by his physical condition. His physical condition, in fact, was how others saw him. When they saw this man, they saw a paralyzed man. Maybe, in fact, that was how he saw himself. You know, many won't know, but my auntie, Christine, and my mom's sister, she was paralyzed. She uh, was not paralyzed from a, a cause of an accident, but an accident, but she was born as a quadriplegic. She, she could not walk. She could not talk. And um, at the time, there was nothing that they could do for her. It was in the, the early 60s. In fact, the family couldn't afford a wheelchair, so she was confined to live in a pushchair, like a, a pram, and she would just be sat in front of the window all day, every day. In fact, she was never brought outside of the home out of fear of what others may think of her and think of the family. And she was confined in the home until nine years old, until my grandmother didn't know what to do, so she sent her away to a, a children's home for the disabled where she was then placed in a bed where she grew thinner and weaker until she died four years later as a 13-year-old girl. And that was the, the early 60s that was that was just 2000 years after this story of the paralyzed man and yet still at this time just 60 years later the belief was not only that you are your identity is defined by your physical condition but the belief was also that your sickness and your illness was the cause of your sin or the sin of your parents the Irish Catholic culture was, and for the most part still is, a culture based on shame. That not too unlike the Middle Eastern country that a young boy or girl would have grown up in in first century Jewish religion, the same culture that Jesus came to change is the same culture that was not just in the 60s and 70s. In fact, for the most part, it is the same culture that we live in today. And to think that my, my grandmother, who had just a few years previous had lost her 11-day-old her son, Finian, who, who died to cot death, 
that she experienced great shame and guilt, the thought that her daughter's sickness was linked to her own sin, that she was made to believe that because of what was happening to you was because of what you had somehow done, that because of what you are now experiencing is some sort of karma because of all the wrong that you had done and said. So what she decided to do in her shame is to hide her shame to the point of where she hid her daughter, she numbed her pain, and she turned to alcoholism. Now what is sad about that story just 60 years ago is in fact it's the truth of many people's lives today in the 21st century, that it's still a part of the fabric of our society. In fact, I would go as far to say that it has even seeped into the Irish modern Christian church. This culture of shame for what is going on in your life is somehow because of what you have done. You know, we have all got the tendency to view people's outside conditions, physical conditions, as products of sin, whether that's behaviors, whether that's mental health, whether that is even how people look. Maybe even, though we may not say it in our hearts, we can even judge that because of what had happened to someone, because uh, as a direct result of someone else's sin, is maybe because you had even done something wrong in the past, or maybe even that it was coming your way. In fact, we see that both racism and sexism is still very evident, not just in our world, but in the church. Prejudice, indifference, and inequality based on a very physical appearance where we're quick to judge someone on the outside without seeing what is really going on on the inside. And what's most devastating is when we see and hear people in the church who may look good on the outside, but they are paralyzed by the sickness of their sin even after being in the presence of Jesus. Even after being in the presence of Jesus, even after being able to say, I'm a Christian, I follow God, I love His Word, still not being changed, from the inside out. Still may have been in the presence of Jesus, but not being filled with the presence of Jesus. May have gone to church, but not have left changed and transformed. May have been able to say, I've given my life to Jesus, but not having a new changed life in return. Being a new creation. Being able to see someone on the outside as they are on the inside. Being able to not judge others, but to love others. To be able to not be able to say that because of someone's sickness or illness or situation or life circumstances is somehow tied to sin, but instead Jesus wants to save those no matter what's going on in their life, and he's called me to love those no matter how they look, what they look like, what their sex is, what the race is, but he's called me to love everyone the same. You see, I believe the power of change and transformation is not just when we are in his presence, but when his presence is in us. When we're not just in 
Jesus' company, but when Jesus is in us, that he changes us and transforms us from the inside out. Can you imagine a church, a people, a community filled with the presence of Jesus? Can you imagine an environment that is so attractive, such an attractive atmosphere that people are carrying their friends and their family and their loved ones to come to church? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a church like that? Can you imagine a church and a people who are filled with the love of Jesus who, who could have loved my grandmother, who could have shown her love and the grace of Jesus and to quell any thoughts of shame and guilt, being able to be Jesus to her where instead of returning to alcohol, she could have turned to Jesus. Can you imagine a church and a people filled with the presence of Jesus being able to express the love of Jesus to even my auntie in her 13 short years? That though she may have been paralyzed on the inside, they could see the purity of the heart on the ins- uh, in the inside. That though she may have a broken body, her heart was open to be changed and transformed so that she would live in the presence of Jesus, her Savior, forevermore. Though this may be a story of my family, it could still be the story of your family. It doesn't just have to be the story of our past. It can be a new story of our future. You see, I believe that as we begin to come back to church and reopen and rediscover church again, get back in the habits, I don't just want us to come back to church. I want us to be the church. I don't want us even just to be in the presence of Jesus. I want us to be filled with the presence of Jesus. I don't want us to just go to church. I want us to leave changed, transformed, and then bringing that love and the presence of Jesus into our homes, into our workplaces, into our schools, into our communities. That is through how change will happen. That is through how transformation will happen. That is how the power of Jesus will be changed in us and through us. And the question is, will you be his church? Will you be his church? Will you be his people who are filled with the presence of Jesus? Will you allow the power of the presence of Jesus to fill you up to overflow where it exudes from you? that though you may be going through your own personal problems, your own things, that you would allow Jesus to use that, that his glory may be displayed through you. One commentator said, the man entered being carried on his mat, and he left carrying his mat. That thing in which had crippled him was now the very thing that God used to display his glory through him. You may feel crippled on the inside, but Jesus Christ can change you. And to use that very thing that may be crippling you as a display of his glory, his wonder-working power working through you, 
that you may feel like an outcast, a reject, marginalized, looked down upon, judged, maybe because of your physical appearance, maybe because of the place in which you happened to grow up in or were born in, maybe because of your socioeconomic background. But rather than allowing your identity to be defined by your physical condition, would you allow Jesus to change your view of yourself, to see that your identity is found in him and not in you? That your identity can be found in Jesus Christ. That is where we experience the power of true freedom in him. Let me just pray for us as we finish. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that we can find comfort in your word. Lord, I pray for those of us who need to repent. You say, I'm, I'm sorry for judging others based on their physical appearance. Lord, I'm sorry that I have not allowed you to change me from the inside of out. I'm sorry for being one of those religious leaders who just goes to church and goes through the motions but doesn't leave changed and called to be the church. What I pray right now is you convict our hearts that you would forgive us of our sins. That we may have entered, whether in church or entered online right now, paralyzed. Paralyzed because of what has gone on in our past or what's going on right now in our present. Lord, I pray that you would not just heal us on the outside, but you would heal us on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, for any of you who are maybe making a decision today that you're going to start afresh, give your life to Jesus, maybe you've been touched by this message and you just love to reach out, maybe you're feeling alone and isolated, maybe it's, not, it's just not possible for you to, to attend church right now in this season. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to help you, whether that's plugging into one of our community hangouts or, or even if that's just joining us at Next Steps that happens this Wednesday night with both myself and some of our team. And we'd love to meet you. And just go to openarms.ie forward slash connect and you can fill out the form there and we'll email you or text you and give you the details, send you the Zoom link. I'll be able to meet you this Wednesday. But I, I pray that you're encouraged. I can't wait. You're in Dublin to see you in Dublin and, of course, in Kildare, continuing on in this location. But let me just pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.